All right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you here on our 20th. Does everybody have communion elements? This is the important thing this morning. Of everything we're going to do, this is it right here. So if you don't have it, I see Orv's got his hand up. So Ramona, look around the crowd. Keep your hand up, would you? I see that hand. You giving your heart to Christ or are you taking communion? <laughs> uh, sorry, Bruce. Well, great to be together today. Uh, 20 years ago, Pastor Kim and Ann uh, took the call from Steve Mason to come to Linden, of all places, and to plant a new church. And so they did that just about exactly 20 years ago and started with 68 people that came from Bellingham, Christ the King, with them. They had their first service at Linden Christian School. And I'm just curious to see who was at that first service. Stand up, would you? Really seriously stand. I know that Teresa told me. Where'd Teresa go? There she is. Marlis. So we got three of us, four of us. Is that Mark? Yep. So uh, several here in this crowd were at that first service. But then a lot of people just started adding up as, as the weeks and the months went by. But that first service, there were 404 people that came out at Linden Christian School. And then very quickly, we moved over to the Fairway Center. And I just want to say in this 20 years of blessing, I want to say how much the Coy family and the Timmermans family blessed North County Christ the King as first of all, they leased to us, but then they actually sold us property here and kept selling us property till we sort of took over the back half. And how many of you know that for a retail center, that's a sacrifice? And so praise the Lord for the Coys and the Timmermans, uh, starting with Harold and Sarah way back in the day. That's who we started working with uh, directly, and then Byron and, of course, Irv. So uh, thank you to the people that have contributed to North County being able to, to do what we do, right? And I want to mention Kim Ryan this morning because I, I know he would have loved to be here, but those of you who are in the loop with Kim know that he was admitted to Peace Health yesterday uh, with heart condition, and they're still figuring out what that is. And so the first thing we're going to do is honor our founder, uh, the man really and his wife who laid it all on the line for us and came to Linden of all places and started a church. We'd like to honor him and ask the Lord to touch him this morning. So would you bow your heads with me and do that? Father, we thank you so much for this church, for this opportunity. Thank you we can be here today and celebrate your goodness and remember you, Jesus, for your goodness of salvation. And God, we want to honor our founder, Pastor Kim and Ann. We just lift up Kim to you today. We thank you that he's okay. He's not at death's door. Uh, but God, we also know there's some issues. So Lord, we pray now for your touch upon his body. God, we pray that you would heal him. Lord, we know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know you're a healing God. And so we pray that over Kim. We believe he's got a lot of good years left to do the things you've called him to do here and around the world. So bless him, heal him, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Right on. Just keep praying for Kim and for Ann as they walk through this time together. Uh, you know, we had some really, really big things planned for today. We started planning this day about a year ago before COVID uh, hijacked us. So we had a lot of big things planned. We envisioned food trucks, and we envisioned all kinds of fun stuff for you to do. Uh, but this is what the Lord has allowed us to do today. And so we're probably going to narrow it down and really focus on the thing that's the most important, and that is that God has been faithful. Amen? That's the most important thing, beginning with salvation. And so it's fitting that today, almost 20 years to the day, would be the first Sunday of the month where we celebrate communion and remember Jesus as well with communion. So we decided that when we're 21, 
that's when we're going to party, okay? How many of you partied when you turned 21? Yeah, so we're going to do that next year, hopefully, so you can keep that in the back of your mind. When we turn 21, we're going to party. But this parking lot that we sit in today is a testimony of God's faithfulness over the years. It's, it's really been an amazing thing that he's done. You know, I showed up here 17 years ago, and some of you have been here longer than I have. And 17 years ago, you know, I just um, was blessed to be able to come and join this family and to be a part of what God has done over the years. And it really has been amazing uh, to see him work. And so today we're going to have a few people share testimonies. It's going to be a little bit of a different service. There's not like a, a message, but the message is you. And the message is God and his faithfulness. And the message is Jesus and what he's done for us. So we're going to do that uh, throughout the service today. And we, we sort of just picked these people as folks we thought of in our creative team meeting. And we know that every person in this crowd has a story, like Joel said. And we know that corporately there are thousands of stories that involve God's faithfulness here at North County. But I want to start us out today in Joshua 4. So if you have your Bibles, uh, this is not from the reading guide this week. We, we just kind of are skipping uh, what we studied in our reading guide, um, which was the story of the sinful woman, which also applies, by the way. Uh, but there's a story in the Bible in Joshua 4 that I want to bring to our minds today uh, and will explain this pile of stones that I have on this table before me, 12 stones smooth stones that look as though they've been in the river. Uh, There's a story in the Bible about God's people, Israel. When they were about to cross over the Jordan after having been in captivity and having wandered around in the wilderness for a lot of years, they were led by Joshua to be led into the promised land. And Joshua's name even is a a form of Jesus, right? Yeshua. And so they were led by Joshua. It was a, a, a foreknowledge or foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do for us. And so when they got to the Jordan, the Lord did even yet another amazing miracle. I mean, he had done so many miracles for them when they were in Egypt. You know, he got the Passover uh, when they were coming out of Egypt and delivering them. When we think about God parting the sea, we don't often think about this story. We think about the other sea, right? But when they got to this river, the, the last barrier uh, that was keeping them from the promised land the Lord did yet another miracle for them. Now, it was flood season, the historians tell us, and the river was probably overflowing its banks. It was not a nice, calm Jordan River like some of you have been baptized in. But when the priests stepped into the water, God stopped the flow of the river. I want to say that again, and you need to notice this today. When the priests stepped into the river, God didn't dry it first. They stepped in first. And God responded by drying up the water and and pushing back the water. And he stopped the flow. And the people of Israel, millions, walked through on dry ground. And as they walked through, each of their leaders of the 12 tribes, each of them picked up a stone from uh, from the middle of the river. And they brought it to Gilgal where they camped for the night. And each of the leaders laid their stone down. And they formed, they might have been bigger stones than this probably, but they laid their stone down and they stacked their stones and it became a monument or a remembrance of the faithfulness of God, of what God had done in their life before, but even in this moment. And so they memorialized this moment. They remembered this moment. And I just want to say today that they didn't have a giant party with food trucks, (laughs) which we would have loved to have. But what they had was a simple remembrance, a simple pile of, 
of stones. Uh, simply the stories of God's faithfulness in their lives. Literally, that's what these stones represented, the stories of God's faithfulness in their lives. And so as we look at this passage, Joshua 4, starting in verse 21, we pick up the story. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? I want you to notice that. It's important to understand that people look at our stones or our stories our lives, and they ask the question, what do, these, what do these stones mean? What is the significance of this story? What did God do in your life that brought you to this place today? That if you had the chance to come up here and grab a mic, you could tell everybody about, right? Well, the good news is you still have a chance to tell everybody about. You can do that every day. That's what God wants us to do with our story. So number one in your notes today, if you're a note-taking person, Here it is. Our stone, our stone of remembrance is our story. Like Joel said earlier, what God has done in his life, what God has done in my life, what God has done in your life over these last 20 years has been remarkable. Like I could do a TV miniseries on the drama of my life. I could, and so could you. You'd probably be a bestseller, you know? But the big story is what God has done with it. Amen? How God has redeemed it, how he's still redeeming it, how God is working in our lives. So our stone of remembrance is our story. We remember the things God has gotten us through. So North County Christ the King Church, just one of thousands of churches around the world. Just one. But it is God's expression of his grace through us, this group of people. North County is made up of stories, stories that need to be told, stories that need to be remembered. Tell your children your story of what God has done in your life. And some of you are children, and you already have a story of what God is doing. And so we're just going to pile a few stones today, 20 years of all the stories that God has been faithful to do in our lives. Each of us have a story. So we've just asked a few people to share just a few minutes of their story with you today. The first woman up has been here about a year longer than I have. And she really grew up at North County Church. Many of you know her. She now works with the Edge Ministry. And her name is Emmy Colasicio. You might remember her as Emmy Faber. So here she comes. Come on, Emmy. Let's give Emmy a warm welcome this morning as she comes and shares a little bit about God's faithfulness in her life. I'll meet you halfway. How's that? Good? Okay. How's things going over there on Kids Place? Very good. It's warm over there. I don't know. It it is a little toastier. This parking lot is cooler. (laughs) Maybe maybe one Sunday we could switch. No. No? Kids are durable. They're made to sweat. That's true. That's true. Well, I started here. I was at the very first youth service we had here. So I think it was fall of 01, if I counted correctly. Um, I was in the seventh grade. I was 12 years old, and I'm 31 now. What? Yeah. (laughs) I know. Getting old, man. It happens. Don't talk to me about getting old. No. Um, So, yeah, I started out here, and I came just to youth group by myself. My family didn't go to church. Um, I lived just down the road, so it was nice to ride my bike over and hang out with my friends. Um, And about a year and a half later, I gave my heart to Christ. 
And like a good teenager, I needed to replace some bad habits with some healthier habits. And so um, I started serving. And I would come after school and do anything that needed to be done, any cleanup, any prep, anything for the evening to, you know, pull myself away from the bad choices I was making after school until youth group started. And I found community, and I found family, and I found purpose, um, and learned God's plan for my life. And so I served all through the rest of middle school and high school, um, did youth missions trips. God spoke to me to be a missionary. And so after I graduated, I went overseas for nine years and served mostly in Argentina, but in different parts of the world. Um, And then I came home and ended up getting a job here and I'm now investing in the kids in the same way that so many people invested in me. So I'm just really excited to be back home and doing what God has asked me to do. That's awesome. And you're investing in another little kid, aren't you? Yes, number two on the way. Can we pray for you for Please, that little kid? That would yes, be wonderful. Yes. Was there more you wanted to say? Um, no, unless there's something <laughs> you want me to say. No, it's all up to you, girl. <laughs> yeah. Pamela, let's just pray for Emmy and her husband Christian and uh, Sophie and the new little baby that is yet to come. Jesus, thank you for this family. Thank you for your faithfulness to Emmy. Thank you that when she was a kid making all the wrong choices, you reached out to her and you led her to yourself. You pursued her and you used your church to do that. And we just thank you for that, Jesus. And so we just bless her today, God. We bless her family. We bless this new little child that's yet to be born. We just pray for Emmy's health, that you keep her healthy through this pregnancy, Lord. And may she just experience your grace and peace uh, over this next season of life. And thank you for all that she does for Kids Place as well. And we just thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Emmy. Bless you. All right. What a story, huh? I know what kind of a kid Emmy was. Jesus, Jesus is a miracle worker, right, Emmy? Amen. So if you have a kid that you think is trouble, talk to her. Seriously, I'm not kidding you. She can give you hope. She can give you direction. She can help you um, as you negotiate those things. So number two in your notes this morning is the fact that we all have barriers in our life. We all have struggles in our life. We all have challenges in our life. That, that is the norm. Like if you're here today and you don't have a, a, a struggle in your life, you are not normal. I'm just going to tell you. Uh, the norm is struggles. The norm is issues. The norm is things that happen in our lives that cause pain and disappointment. Uh, we're, we're living through one of those things right now, aren't we, called COVID-19. Uh, but look at what God's doing through it. Look at the good things he's doing. God does great things when, when things seem the worst. So we all have rivers in our life. We all have rivers that we face or barriers that we need to get across And we need God's help in order to do that. So number two in your notes today says, we all have rivers in our lives, places God and his church have helped us cross or is going to yet help us cross. All of us have those rivers. And we know for all of us, the the last great river will be that day that we go home to be with Jesus. And, you know, even our death can feel like a barrier, but God takes us by the hand and walks us right through that river. Amen. And so we have nothing to fear. 
But let's read on in the story of Joshua, Joshua 4, verse 22 and 23. Joshua said, Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes, and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. Again, I want you to really think with me, and I'm kind of, a part of me is glad that we don't have food trucks and festivities this morning, uh, because I think it helps us to focus a little more on on what's important here. Uh, Take a moment and really think about the rivers in your life that God has helped you cross. Think about the barriers even now in your life that God maybe has you halfway across. And there are rivers yet to come that, that will feel like, how could I ever get across this? And I'm telling you that with God's help, we need to remember we need to remember that he's gotten us through things before, and he will get us through things again. Amen? That's the truth about God. Can you say amen? Amen. That's the truth about God. God has proven himself to us. God has proven himself to us. I've been through things that I did not think I'd recover from. But God has proven himself to me and to you. And so there are barriers. There are rivers in our life, things we face every day, things like marriage, things like our health, disappointments that come, loss that comes into our life, family issues, business, COVID-19, or simply just change. How many of you know when life changes, that can be hard? You know, uh, kids that didn't get to go to school this spring, that was hard. Still working out what's going to happen this fall, that's hard. You know, parents saying goodbye to their kids when they go off to college, that's hard. Just good changes that are hard, right? And so God uses the church to help us get through these hard times. And the next person I want to have share with you has been here a very long time as well. She was here, I think, before me. And Rose has experienced God's faithfulness through the Holy Spirit, but also through the strength of North County in her life. And she and Bob have served faithfully over the years in so many ways. I can't tell you all the ways that they've served just because they love Jesus. Uh, She has served on the council for years. She has led grief share for years because she had a, a huge loss in her life. And so she has served on grief share. She's on the board for New Generation Ministry. And, and this may be the, the least known fact about Bob and Rose, and that is that they host a small group, which is really a small church. I mean, if those of you who are here, let me see your hands, people that are part of Bob and Rose's small group. Yeah, see a bunch of you. And, um, I mean, these two pour it out. So, Rose, I would love it if you'd come and just share a little bit about the faithfulness of God in your life and uh, what he's done over the years in your life. Let me see if I can find that microphone. There it is. Let's welcome Bob and Rose as they come this morning and just share a little bit. Sure, yeah, right here. Good morning, North County. When Bob and I were in our early 20s, my brother died in a tragic accident, and I became very angry with God, enough so that we quit going to church for 30 years. About 1999, our daughter asked us to come to CTK and hear our son-in-law play drums on the worship team. 
we started to attend CTK, and when North County started meeting in where Crazy Mike's was, we came here to this campus. For a year and a half, we sat in our chairs, and we let the communion plate pass us by. Oh, the Holy Spirit was working mightily in us, and I had more excuses of why I was not going to become a Christian. And one by one, the excuses dissolved, except the last one, which was, if I become a Christian and Bob doesn't, why? We would be unequally yoked. How's that for an excuse? (laughs) At the end of each service, Pastor Kim always invited us to bow our heads and close our eyes, and those who wanted to receive Christ could raise their hand, and I always respectfully did that. But on Christmas Eve of 2001, I opened my eyes to see Bob's hand go up. There went my unequally yoked excuse. And I followed in February of 2002, and we were baptized. Pastor Kurt, to try and sum up what North County means to us, may take up the rest of the message this morning. (laughs) If one has a spiritual need or a physical or an emotional need, there is someone or a ministry that will help. We have a huge amount of talent in our staff, from our pastors, knowledgeable treasurers, our media team, our worship team. and the office staff. The various programs, Sunday Schools, Edge, Anchor, Adventure Club, Combat Worship. For adults, there is the Fire for Men, Bible Study, Call for Conversation for Ladies, for Young Moms, for Young Adults. And then we add in Grief Share and the Card Writers and the programs and the meal teams and coffee team. Bob and I have been making coffee for 18 years. And so many more Bible studies and classes. Yearly events such as Community Day or Christmas Gift and the volunteers that support all these ministries are counted in the hundreds. We are a very giving church. And my favorite of all is missions. I was blessed to go to Haiti with New Generations two times. As a church, we tithe and currently... 12% goes from our general fund into missions. We feed people in India, Haiti, Nepal, Cambodia. Not just physical food, but spiritual food that will transform their lives. We support local missions, such as in Getty, Bridges of Hope, Lighthouse Mission, Rebound, and many YWAMers. This church practices being in the hands and feet of Jesus. On a personal note, Pastor Kurt is such a compassionate shepherd. In the past 10 months, when a family member, and then Bob in the hospital, it was so reassuring that our minister came and prayed with us. And a shout out to our small group. We have made dozens and dozens of good friends, Christian friends that feed us, literally, but also spiritually and emotionally. We look forward to coming to services here, either inside or on this parking lot. North County is the glue 
that binds us to our Lord. Mm. Thank you, Rose. You know, as you were sharing, Rose, I just felt like this would be a good time to ask people if they want to receive Christ, you know? And so would you pray with me? I'll pray for them. Um, So if you're here this morning and you've never responded to the love of Jesus for your own life, basically what it means is he will forgive your sin and he'll put you back into relationship with God and you'll walk with him the rest of your days and you'll have a home to go home to when you die. So if that's you this morning, let's all bow our heads. And if you'd like to receive Christ this morning, just open your eyes and raise your hand and know that you're raising it to Jesus, not to me, not to Rose, not to Bob, but Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for this incredible gift of salvation that we have. Thank you that you're always drawing us to yourself. And so this morning, for anyone who, this morning is the day. Um, If you want to open your eyes, raise your hand. I'll acknowledge you. I won't single you out. And we'll just pray with you to receive Christ. Jesus, today I receive you into my life. I thank you for your provision for my sin. I thank you for your love that pursues me relentlessly. I thank you that you have gone to prepare a place for me in heaven. And so this morning, I receive you into my life. I give you my heart. And I say, Lord Jesus, be my Savior and be my Lord. I give my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Let's give Bob and Rose just a hand for sharing with us today. More stones, right? These, these are the stones of story. This is just remarkable. And again, I want to say, I know that we could have interviewed any one of you today, and you would have had an awesome story uh, for everybody to share. But what I want to just bring up this morning as we come to the, to the third point of the message and our last testimonies today is I want to bring up that no matter what river you face, God always has an agenda. And I want to tell you what his agenda is. Because sometimes we ask our question, the question, what does God want? What is God doing with this river in my life or this barrier in my life? What is God doing? I don't understand. And I want to tell you this morning that God's agenda is always one thing. And his agenda is always that, he would, that you would trust him in that barrier, in that river. That's God's agenda, that you would respond by taking that step of faith into the water, and you would allow God to lead the way for you, to stop trying to make it happen on your own, but just allow God to lead you through, to dry up the water so that you can walk through. And that happens through prayer, that happens through worship, that happens through reading the word, that happens through daily confession, all those disciplines that we teach you and that we've talked about over the years. That's how that happens. You, you work out your faith with fear and trembling. And so I just want to encourage you today that if you're facing a barrier or a river right now in your life, let God be a part of it. Let God take you through it. Uh, take that step of faith with him and let him part the waters for you. Pick up a stone of remembrance. Look back over your life and remember what it is that God has done for you. Surely you can think of something that God has done for you, even if it's the fact that you gave your heart to him and he saved you. That's the biggest stone of remembrance that there is. Amen? So pick up a stone of remembrance. Remind yourself of the goodness of God in the path. That In the past, that is why the Israelites built the memorial was so that they could remember that God had been good because there were still giants in the land and there were still going to be hardships that they would have to face. And so this was not the last 
pile of stones they were going to be building in terms of remembering God and his goodness. So God wanted them as they went into the promised land to always remember his miracles and his help that he was there for them. And so I say that to you today. Remember what God has done so that you can trust what he will do. Why is it we get overwhelmed by every next river that comes? Why is it that we lose our faith for every next barrier that comes? Why is it that we cannot remember the last thing that God did and and his promise to work all things out for the good of those that love God and are called to his purposes? We need to remember the good things that God has done. God loves you. God loves you. And God wants to take you through the rivers of life. God wants to use your life for a testimony to his faithfulness. So the last verse this morning is from Joshua 4.24. It says, He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. So here's number three. As we celebrate these 20 years, everybody who has stories, which is everybody, everybody who has a stone to pile up in a pile, that's everybody. Here's number three, that God wants to use your river story for his glory. And so I want to ask you today, what's your stone of remembrance? What is one thing that God has done in your life that you credit him for? Other than your salvation, that's the big thing, right? But what is one river that God has walked you through? And you could, you could get up here today and you could testify about that river. So for our last guest to share with us today, you know, we just reached out to a couple of small groups because small groups are such an important part of our ethos here at North County Christ the King. And if it weren't for small groups, you know, there wouldn't be the ministry that you enjoy. You're the ones that take care of each other. You're the ones that feed each other, help each other move. I mean, do all those dreadful things that we hate, right? Moving. Um, But you're the ones that do this for one another. And so we reached out to one small group, and Jasmine Ellis agreed to come on up and share with us this morning. And I think Noah Krause, who's a newbie to our church, right, Noah? Come on up. And so Jasmine, here's what I remember about Jasmine. My first service at North County on a Saturday night, Jasmine was on the worship team, I think with your mom, right over here. Yeah, a long time ago, huh? I don't even remember. Yeah, exactly. So I do. So let's welcome Jasmine and Noah this morning, huh? Come on. So I've got my notes here because when I thought when my small group, um, I guess, agreed that I would be the one to share today, I thought I have so, so, so many things that I could share over the last 18 plus years. My husband Lance and I have been here for over 18 years. And um, there's just so, there's just countless, countless stories. So this is meant to keep me on track here because I have, otherwise I'll go on and on. But um, through 18 years of marriage and children and adoption and career changes and all of the things that life throws at you, all of those ups and downs, Christ the King has been so, so supportive and so, so encouraging in our lives, especially, I mean, if you talk to any adoptive family in this church, and there's many, many of them, um, the education that Christ the King has given adoptive parents and the support and encouragement and the date nights out where they're watching um, watching our kids for us so we can go out and have time together. Those types of things are just, it's life-giving. It's totally life-giving for adoptive families, and that's been truly, truly amazing. Um, but actually, as I was praying about this and um, asking the Lord what it is that he really wanted me to share today, I felt like most recently um, 
The thing that I would like to stand witness to is God's faithfulness in our the last four months of COVID because I have seen um, I have seen the hand of God work powerfully in the body of Christ, people becoming the body of Christ, not coming to church to sit, but becoming the body of Christ. And um, back in April, Pastor Steve preached a message that um, he called everyone to. He said, I want 100% participation in Zoom small groups. And it was, I'm sitting in my pajamas in my living room and thinking, this is this is one of those Holy Spirit moments that I felt God say to me, Jasmine, he's talking to you. And Steve might as well have looked right into the camera and said, Jasmine Ellis, text your friends and start a small group. <laughs> so I did, because if there's anything that I've learned over my walk with the Lord is that you never, ever say no to the Holy Spirit. So I texted my, what have become my friends, but at the time, truly, I mean, three months ago, this is acquaintances. Um, we had started earlier this year a worship night in my home and um, with my neighborhood. We just I sent out a Facebook message to all my neighbors and said, come and worship with us in my living room. And, um, and we were having 35 to 45 people come and just worship in my house. And, um, and then we were shut down because of COVID. So, um, so then when I'm asking the Lord, like, who, like, small group, I think pretty much everyone must be connected already. I don't even know who I would text about this. And faithfully the holy spirit gave me names specific names and every person who was coming to worship night in my home um, that also attends christ the king i just sent all of them a text thinking i don't know if they're in small groups i don't know if they're already connected um but this is what i feel like the lord's told me to do so i've learned to be obedient and um and truly seven families i think i counted there's 24 kids between our families um, and every single one of us attends Christ the King, not one of us currently in a small group, every single one of them wanted to be. So we started out on zoom and now we are branching out and meeting in the Krause's backyard. Um, and what I have seen is people really begin living out their identity in Christ and becoming the hands and feet of Jesus. And in a church this size, it's so easy to come to church and and be a spectator and realize, oh, I see a person that might need some prayer, but there's a prayer team for that. Or I see a person that might have had surgery and needs a meal, but there's a care team for that. And so you sit and you consume your weekly message and you spectate and then you go home. And and through this, I feel like what I have seen is that this, this building is not the body of Christ. This is not church. This is church. We are the church. And Kurt is an awesome shepherd. And, but we are the ones. We are living out what it is to be the church. And since in the past three months, I was, I was making a list of the things. Um, in our group, we brought each other meals, coffees, flowers. We've done home projects, yard work. We've prayed for each other through health screenings and job loss and surgery in three months. <laughs> that's, that's only three months of getting to know each other. And those are the kinds of things. Nobody said, oh, someone's having surgery. There's a care team for that. No, she's in our small group. That's my job. And we're caring for each other. And we're bringing, we're bringing life and we're bringing the hands and feet of Jesus to the people that we love. And... 
I just feel like this is, those things aren't done by sitting in your seat at church. Those are done by living in active community with each other and loving each other so, so well that that becomes attractive to unbelievers because they'll know we're Christians by our love. And it's in small groups like that that that, that stands witness to Christ's love for us because of the way that we love each other. And another super, super exciting thing is how our kids have they're living this out after two I think two zoom small groups which can be really clunky and kind of awkward especially as you're getting to know each other but the kids (laughs) the kids had loved our worship nights and so they felt like when we started doing zoom small group they wanted it to be we all wanted it to be whole families so uh, so the kids are sitting through zoom small groups and realizing they're not so much having a chance to share and then um Quinn Hutchins, who is a 16-year-old boy, says, I would like to get our separate Zoom meeting and lead small group for all the kids on a separate meeting. And so that's what the kids have been doing. They've been going through the same discussion questions. They've been praying together. They're learning to build their relationships on Christ as their foundation, praying for each other, loving each other, talking through scripture together, And that's just incredible. It's amazing. And the encouragement that we've gotten from church and the inspiration of Pastor Steve saying, Jasmine, start small group. (laughs) That's That's where these things come to life. And that's where the body of Christ keeps moving. Noah's gonna. Noah's one of the um, kids in the small group leading in his backyard. Um, But so he's gonna talk about that too. But um, I just feel like looking back over the last 20 years of Christ the King and seeing how incredibly faithful God has been to us over the last 20 years. um, I see now through the last four months how much more there is through the power of the Holy Spirit working in every single one of us and through the powerful name of Jesus that there's just so, so much more where that came from. Amen? Uh, I'm Noah. I'm the newbie, as Kurt already said. Um, Yeah, like Mrs. Ellis said, just coming from a different church and coming here, one of the biggest things that has been a part of our lives and a thing that we really enjoy is just that aspect of community and how it's so important to be able to just reach out to other people and to have other people reach out to you and just share what you're going through um, to just... Yeah, reach out. It's so important, and that's one of the things that I love about small group is that um, you get to be open and honest with each other, and you know that other people are listening to you. Um, And just that aspect of even though people may have our differences, um, when God's the center, those differences don't matter. Um, And this is so assuring to me. Um, I was looking through Ephesians the other day, and I read this verse, Ephesians 4.16, that says, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly, as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow, so that the whole body is healthier and growing and full of love. And I think that's one of the things that's really just been showed to us through small group. Um, it's just amazing what God is doing through people, through community, and it's something that I hope we can continue to do. So, yeah.
Thank you, Noah. Awesome, man. Thank you. So I didn't know what any of these people were going to say, by the way. This is all a surprise to me, honestly. I just asked them to share. One thing you said, Jazz, that I want to just bring up to all of us, and that is when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you don't want to say no, right? Because he's leading you into good places, and he's doing good things in your life, and so you want to say yes. And so the other thing you said was that, you know, you just had to text a bunch of friends, text some people. And so I want to say, again, that the small group happens when you reach out to some other people and say, hey, let's start this thing. Let's do it. You know, waiting for someone to do it for you, probably not going to happen. Uh, But you take power into your own hands and you text one other couple or one other friend, and that's how it happens. So it's a beautiful thing. So thank you, Jazz and Noah, for sharing with us this morning. Um, I want to close our time today by inviting the worship team to come, and we're going to place our biggest stone of of remembrance uh, for Jesus today, right? So if there were a stone that was the most important, it it would be this, this top stone here. Well, in the Bible, it would be the cornerstone, which would be down here, or the foundation, but we'll just put Jesus on top, okay? So the stone that we want to remember through communion today, if you're taking the body and the blood of Christ, is the most important stone that we all share. And if we don't share anything at all, anything else of our story in life with people, this is the part of the story that we want to share. It's the story about Jesus, the cornerstone. And so the band's going to play. They're going to lead us through a song. And if you're at home this morning, if you're in your own home, church at home, now's the time to get your communion elements ready. So we're going to play through a song, give you a chance to worship and prepare your hearts. And then we're going to come back and receive communion together. So let's worship the Lord.